This is Michael M. Jenny from Cedar Falls, Iowa, and you're listening to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. Welcome to episode number 25 of the Minnesota Music Shakedown, a podcast dedicated to spinning some of the best original Twin Cities and beyond area music. Featured this week are conversations with Michael Ferrier from Fathom Lane about their new album, The Driftless. Then I talk with Michael M. Jenny about the Iowa music scene and his new music, plus new music from Heatbox. I'm your host, Mark Sterry. Check me out at MarkSterryMusic.com. And thank you for supporting live and local music. Hi, this is Heatbox, and you're listening to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. subscribe I don't really take the time to read all I need is to have some peace of mind oh I know I don't scroll I don't really waste my time I hope that you don't mind picture of you in your car with your lips pushed out and your gym clothes on i didn't know because i'm better not knowing that you took time to tell the people that it's snowing or show the yard that you're mowing i don't care where you're going because baby i'm a bad 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 internet friend baby i'm a bad 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 internet friend baby i'm a bad I didn't like the picture of your kids I didn't like the picture of your food I don't subscribe no matter what you did I don't care, I don't mean to be rude Take me off of that email list Log me out of that Discord room Save a digital for somebody better than me At saving virtual space for you Save your digital for somebody better Save your digital for somebody better Save your digital letters for somebody better than me at saving virtual space. Cause baby, I'm a bad, mad, mad internet friend. Baby, I'm a bad, mad, mad internet friend. Baby, I'm a bad, mad, mad internet friend. Cause baby, I'm a bad, mad, mad internet friend.
That was Heatbox with the song Bad Internet Friend from the new album Hilarious and Especially Legendary. Interviews coming soon. Next up is Michael Ferrier from Fathom Lane talking about their new album, The Driftless. Afterwards, check out the new single, Sad Songs and Waltzes Revisited. Michael Ferrier, welcome to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. How's it going today there, Michael? It's going great. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being on the show from the Fathom Lane. Tell us about your band, Fathom Lane. Well, um, what can I tell you? We've been uh, playing the folk rock kind of the indie folk rock for about uh, a little over 10 years now. Um, we're releasing our fourth record coming up. Um, it's called In the Driftless. Yeah, so we've been around for 10 years, and um, some of us come from outstate, like up, up north. I moved to Chanhassen after living in Minneapolis for like 35 years. So, um, But we've been, we've been going strong for the last 10 years. Yep. Where did you get the name Fathom Lane? Um... Funny story. I was, uh, I was actually driving. I think like out um, in like near Anoka, Blaine, out in that part of the Twin Cities, um, and I I was kind of lost, and I was looking for I think a place to drop off some furniture or something weird, you know. And um, I looked up and I saw a sign that said Fathom Lane, and a street sign, and I was like, oh, that's I like that, you know, that's kind of cool. So I kind of kept it in the back of my mind. Um, and then when I was writing lyrics for a tune on our first record, um, Fathom Lane is, um, like in the first line of the song. Um, so, um, when we were making that first record, I, I kind of decided I don't want this to be a project with my own name. You know, I wanted it to, because everyone was contributing so much to what was going on, even though I brought the songs and kind of sparked everything off. Everyone was bringing so much. It just felt like a band. So um, when I was trying to think up a name of the band, I thought, oh, Fathom Lane, you know, that, that'd be cool. I threw it out, like, just as a quick idea to the everyone in the studio. And they're like, oh, yeah, that works. So here's the weird thing, though. Okay, I can't find it on a map. So I don't know where, you know, now with the, you know, with all the maps and search functions, I should be able to find it, right? I can't find where I was at all. You know, so... I, I don't know if I dreamed that. I mean, I vividly remember doing it, um, but maybe I saw Phantom Lane or something like that, and it somehow morphed in my mind over time and became Fathom Lane or something. But but I don't know. So maybe it was planted there by some you know sinister alien forces. I, I'm not sure. So, um, but yeah, I don't. I can't really find it on a map of Minnesota. I think there's like a, a Fathom Lane in New Hampshire. Um, there's like. There's a few around the country, like maybe one in Texas, even something like that. Um, but I can't find one in Minnesota. That's pretty good folklore. Yeah. Quit looking for it and just use that as a story for sure. I, I know. I, I've told that story a few times now because people, of course, you know, one of the first things they're going to ask is, you know, how to get the name, you know, which is a great question. And I have like a really long winded answer, don't I? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so growing up in Minneapolis, who's some of your favorite? Twin Cities bands or artists that influenced you? Um, for sure. Um, I, I just remember buying um, the replacements, Let It Be, in Northern Lights in downtown Minneapolis when that the air it's now seven, which closed, but on that corner right there, right around the corner from First Avenue was Northern Lights Record Store. And that was like, uh, I was a suburban kid. And so I would make pilgrimages into town to buy weird records, you know, 
the ones that I couldn't get at Sam Goody or I mean, Music Land was the, the what we had um, in the mall. Um, but I would go downtown to get kind of the weird records and stuff. And I remember picking up uh, Let It Be um, pretty close to when it was released by the replacements. They were huge in my world. Um, but I'm also a fan of so many other artists. I, I, I love Hippocampus, that, who's playing now. Um, you know, and I, I have so many peers that I, I respect and, and look up to. The band we're playing with on Thursday for our uh, album release show, Turn, 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 they've become, uh, you know, right now, they're kind of my favorite uh, local band, um, Minnesota music, um, even though I guess Savannah lives in Wisconsin, technically. Um, so, but yeah, um, I, I started out, you know, listening to a lot of the the punk rock that was coming out of here Husker Du, the replacements really really heavy into the suburbs um big time um when i was in high school we got we got an opening slot for them um so that was like that was for me that was kind of i've reached my the pinnacle right there already you know as a kid um opening up for the suburbs because i admired them so much that's great well tell us about your new record in the driftless um, in the drifts list is uh, it's been kind of a long process for this one. We for our first three records we kind of fired them off pretty rapid fire. You know there was a gap um, between the second and third record of uh, maybe a few years, but nothing like what we've had between this and our last record. And you know I, I kind of almost have to x out three of those years just because of what was happening um, in the entire world, you know, it feels like everyone gets to delete three years there. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, so it's taken six years to get this one kind of, um, up and moving and out into the world. Although the, the songs have really been done for a long time. We've released, um, four of the songs as singles already. Um, so, um, some of the songs, were already released over the last few years as we kind of waited around to release the full length. And, but I think the songs definitely make a lot more sense um, in their full context of on the album. Where did you get the idea to double vocal a lot of the main lyrics? Um, the Beatles. <laughs> you know, uh, um, I just listen to records really carefully and um, there's another band in town that... It, does some of it um the the hang-ups I, I love the hang-ups as well and um you know i just would hear it on records and it would just sound so sweet to my ears and it's it's one thing to do it electronically but it's another thing to sing with yourself and then there's all these little tiny imperfections you know um, where you're not exactly singing perfectly on pitch with yourself and it creates a really uh, just kind of a wonderful overtone of a sound so Apparently, Ozzy Osbourne's done that his entire career, like with Black Sabbath yeah. solo all the way. He's always doubled his vocals. So oh, I, just, yeah, I don't hear it all the time, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, come to think of it, when you when you um, pull that out, yeah, definitely Black Sabbath for sure used that used that technique. And I mean, sometimes you could get it with like a slapback tape a delay, like that's the Beatles would do that sometimes. But again, and that would kind of detune it a little bit as well, because it's really the detuning is the is the sweetness, you know, just that little argument, you know, of the pitches not being exactly correct, but being the same voice. So it's still blending. Um, it's just not exactly the same pitch. So it sounds kind of cool. Yeah, it does. Where'd you track yeah. the record? We did it everything at the library studio in northeast uh, Minneapolis and co-produced it with Pat, uh, Matt Patrick, who 
uh, owns that studio and he's our lead guitarist. So we have an in with the producer, you know, so um, it, it's uh, really great. It's very uh, relaxed um, place to record. And Matt is really gifted producer in that he can hear um, things that the song needs um, and then also not have to call somebody in to play it. He can play it himself. Um, so, you know, he, he does it. If you look at the album credits, you see a lot of the um different instruments like theremin and mandolin and all the all the extra percussion um you know um honer organ all, all those things um those kind of extra sweetness uh comes from matt patrick yep one of my previous podcast guests and i think a lot very highly of is mary cutrafello and i saw oh, you covered she- one of her songs sad song and waltzes revisited or something like that yeah, yeah. Can you tell us how you came about to that song and the story behind that? Well, I mean, of course, Mary is uh, just an incredible musician, incredible songwriter, incredible guitarist, great singer, just everything. And um, she's got all the tools, as they say in baseball. Um, so, uh, you know, I uh, saw her play that song at a songwriter um, feature circle or whatever. And she started playing it. She kind of told a little bit of the story of the song, you know, that was just like basically about a bus trip, real short bus trip um, that she took once. And then she wrote a song about it. She said the, the song is longer than the bus trip, but um, I don't know if that's true, but um, um, so I heard her sing it and I was just like, man, this is my song. You know, this is, she wrote this for me, you know, and it, and it's just like, it, it really, I sing a lot of sad songs. I sing a lot of waltzes. So that really hooked me in um, uh, at first. And of course, the the lyric is an allusion to Willie Nelson, a Willie Nelson song. Um, so uh, this is Sad Songs and Waltzes Revisited. And, and I just, you know, I liked her line that she used, I'll buy me a pickup and pick up my pieces. It was just like, I've been through that a few times in my life where you're just kind of picking everything back up and putting it back together and kind of packing it up and taking it somewhere else and... And so that really resonated with me. It was a real simple way to put a very complex situation. <laughs> and I love, um, in songwriting, I love simplicity, you know, kind of inspired by Tom Petty, um, for sure. Um, and, you know, it really, it really just knocked me, knocked me out. So afterwards, I just said, I, ha- I have to play that song and I have to cover it for our next record. Um, and she was very happy about that and said, oh, yes, of course. So, um, yeah, so that's great. And she, um, Matt uh, Patrick, has done some playing with her recently, um, the producer of the record. And so he played it for her and she was she was into it. So that was that was cool that that she also uh, liked our version of it because I changed a few things. You know, I changed a few lyrics to adapt it more to me, you know, like so just a few little subtle changes. And that's always nerve wracking. <laughs> You're doing somebody else's song when you do that. Um, so I'm glad she kind of gave it its blessing. So That's cool. I met her many, many years ago when I was playing a show, a place actually I'm playing tonight, Ingredients in White Bear Lake, and I was really um, into the kind of the outlaw Texas country scene, and she sat there and listened to my show because she's a lot of experience with that. And I remember instead yeah. of tipping me, she bought me an order of, what do you call like fried octopus? Oh, uh, calamari. 
calamari. I'm a small town boy from Wisconsin. I mean, not really. I'm from live in St. Paul, whatever. But but uh, I <laughs> first time I ever had calamari it was from Mary Cucciafello for a tip when I was playing a bunch oh, of Texas man. country stuff. So that was kind of interesting. How about the song Surviving? What's the story with that song? Um, that was the song, basically the only song, really, that I wrote during the depths of the pandemic. And I had, like, um, basically, I did, a, like, an Instagram post, something like that, that just said, hey, how are you surviving? Can you give me the word? Um, and um, so many people responded to it. <laughs> you know, I was like, wow. Um, but then, so I just decided, oh, maybe that's a could be a cool song, you know, like let's share let's share our knowledge on how we're getting through this you know and and um you know so it's like kind of checking in with people how are you surviving you know can you give me the word can you give me any advice you have for getting through any of this <laughs> what is your secret um so that was kind of the how it came out and that was one of those songs and i wish they were all like that where i wrote it and it was done. I started writing and it was done like about 20 minutes later you know and, and even the lyrics every single word like wrote it out really fast you know there's some repetition even there's some words that i use twice and i probably wouldn't do that if i thought about it a little bit more but i did you know and it just worked you know and and i just like dumped it out dumped it down and, and um couldn't even really catch up writing it fast enough you know and and then it was done and not every song's like that but uh, you know thank thank god um some of those come out that way very cool one of the other ones i wanted to spin on the podcast is uh, the song the lookout kind of a minor key rock and roll one. What's the story behind that song? Um, well, it's a basically, basically a come on, you know, it's like someone notices somebody um, and um, it's kind of like what ensues of them kind of getting, kind of getting tangled up. Um, and I, I think that one definitely has kind of a, I mentioned Tom Petty earlier. Um, I think that one kind of has maybe our most uh, petty uh, groove on it. Um, definitely keeping it simple it's got some great guitar solo at the end by matt patrick um it's just kind of got that um we don't we we play kind of a lot of kind of folky music this one i think I, more of a rock and roll song like you put it like this one is more like let's get down and dirty let's groove a little while um you know and it's really fun to have on the set list because it's so different from all of our other stuff um uh, you know, we, we kind of go all over the map, which which I, I want to, you know, probably write a few more tunes in that rock and roll, rock and roll part of the map. So, yes, for us beer drinkers, we love it. Yeah, exactly. Are you going to delve into any more music videos? You had some really cool music videos. I like the one from South Dakota when you run it behind that car. Oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun to make that. Uh, we actually um made that at my family's farm uh, part of it is shot down at my family's farm uh down near rochester minnesota and so a lot of that was shot in the driftless area as well so that's a, a lot of the work and gigs we've done over the last few years have been in the driftless area of minnesota and wisconsin um so that's where the the name of the record comes what from. do you mean what do you mean by driftless area i'm not sure if i know what that is um it's all about tectonics um it's like there's the middle of the tectonic plate that hasn't like moved and moved around. Um, it's only just kind of stayed in its one spot. It wasn't scraped clean by the glaciers. So there's a lot of bluffs, you know, the area down by Winona and that area with all the bluffs by the river, that's in the driftless area. Um, so like right around, around the, uh, uh, 
the river. And then there's a good chunk of Wisconsin that's also driftless. So it has the um, the, the bluffs, the buttes, the different uh, topography rather than just scraped off meadows um, and the, the piled up rocks, you know, um, it's more, it's, it's never, it's, it's never drifted, you know, like it's part of the tectonic plate that hasn't drifted. So, yeah. Well, I learned something today. Yeah. I played in Rochester yeah. yesterday, actually. So that's, that's, uh, that's yeah. very interesting. So, yeah. And, and that we end up shooting that video we did like a multi-day shoot, as you can probably tell from watching it. But the funny thing was, is um, we learned about backups because um, we ended up shooting one whole day over again because one of our hard drives took a poop. So um, that was uh, a really um, rough lesson <laughs> we all learned there. Um, but yeah, it was a really, uh, really a fun process of trying to tell the story of that song, Try to trying to like hint at a larger like... Some people have watched it and said, okay, now I want to see the whole movie. You know, I, I feel like I saw different scenes, but I want to know what connects them all. Um, and so, and that's definitely what we were trying to do. Like have people get to the end of it and think, oh, well, wow, I want to know that whole story. You know, it kind of had a North by Northwest by Alfred Hitchcock theme. I thought a little bit. Yep. A little bit. Yeah, definitely. On a greyhound from Rock Springs to Laramie With my Stetson and my memories in my hand I let the west wind take care of me And it blew me all the way to shine I guess I'm through thinking about leaving Guess I'm through dreaming about gone Rock Springs, there ain't no one weeping For a traveler, just traveling on Now buy me a pickup And pick up my pieces Find me a good cowboy Got a soul that don't know what it's worth My body's a long, tall, and cold one My love, it don't care if it hurts 
knows Cowboys are liars The picker's the only one's true Two men are small like to take a minute or two to thank the two sponsors of this week's podcast, ID Chrysler Zombroda and the B-Dale Club. I tell you, this summer has been a fun one of adventures on the wild road in my new Jeep Cherokee X 2022 I got from Monir at ID Chrysler Zombroda. I love this thing like the day I got it. Looking forward to a fall, winter adventures, going show to show, dog camps. I've got thousands of miles in this thing already. And it's still a blast to drive. ID Chrysler Zombroda's philosophy is simple, time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out the inventory at ZombrodaCDJR.com or take the beautiful drive down US 52 to 1900 Roscoe Avenue, Zombroda, Minnesota to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 9 to 5, closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler Zombroda today. Enjoy a safe summer season full of adventures and memories out on that open road in a new ride. Also, the Beatle Club, the BDC 2100, I like to call it, one of my favorite bars in the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area. The Beatle Club, located in the corner of County Road B and Dale's motto is a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun, and that is a stone cold truth. I may just get some BDC All-Star gigs going this fall, hopefully once a month with Brian K. Johnson, John Sonius, Andrew Crowley, and Nicole Stanton. Those are just a blast. You can hear clips of that on my website, MarkStereoMusic.com. Looking forward to those at the BDC coming up this fall, for sure. Natalie, Shelley, Dustin, the entire bar staff are all state-of-the-art cocktail wizards. As of late, my libation of choice is still the screw-up heavy on the seven. And to quote 16-time world champion Ric Flair, they're tasty little devils. Live music, pool table, pull tabs, Tuesday night, chess society, bingo, meat raffle, bocce ball Thursdays, and much, much more. B-Dale's got it all. Stop by for a cold one. Now, man, like now. Next up, I speak with Michael M. Jenny about Iowa music, Chris Brown singing runs, new music, and more. Afterwards, here's new single. Michael M. Jenny, welcome to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. How's it going today there, Michael? It's going good. How you doing? Great, man. Where are you tuning in from? 
I'm tuning in from Cedar Falls, Iowa. Cedar Falls, Iowa. What's going on down in Cedar Falls today? Uh, not not a whole lot. It's kind of hot, kind of you know stormy. Um, other than that, it's it's a nice you know little windy day, but it's a, it's a great day. We're gonna make it a great day. Cool. Yeah, Michael reached out to me a couple weeks ago. He had a show at the Ice House in Minneapolis, right? Yes, yes. And I couldn't squeeze it in, but I still thought I wanted to have an interview with him and spin some of his songs and just see what the Cedar Rapids music scene is about. Um, how did the show go at the Ice House? It was it was a great experience. Um, it was I was opening up for my brother, um, cousin Moise, a great artist in um, in Minneapolis, and it was kind of like a, a album release, like Moise and Friends, and I was one of the performers and. It was one of those nights where everything just went so smoothly and the crowd's reception was was great for every artist. Um, it was one of those nights I'll, I'll never forget. Cool. Um, have you played in the Twin Cities before? Yes. Over the last couple of years, I performed at St. Kate's University, I think two or three times. Um, and then I think I had another show previously. So this was like my third time coming out there. Okay. How far of a drive is that? Um, it's about three hours and it's definitely worth the drive. Like I have family that I've known up there for 20 plus years. So it's definitely worth the drive. It doesn't even feel like three hours. Yeah. I travel three hours. To, I mean, I, I play music full time. So I, I mm-hmm. drive three hours all the time. So I thought it was further than that. That's, that's not too bad at all. Do you plan on coming up again this summer or fall? Yes. I plan on figuring some type of show out, um, within the next couple months, um, either with Moise again or maybe setting something up with like a college because colleges have like, you know, festivals after, you know, it starts like they have like um, the African Student Union amongst a lot of the um, universities. And that's mainly like my genre of music. So usually typically I'll reach out, give them my artist info and hopefully somebody, you know, responds, which they usually do. So it's just kind of, you know, like a waiting game. Where else have you traveled to to perform around your area or, or throughout the United States? Um, so far, it's been Cedar Falls, Cedar Rapids, and Minneapolis, and Texas, Dallas, Texas. Um, and, and Iowa is kind of hard to find venues um, or, or places to perform at because it's like industrialized. It's all corn and football and John Deere. Um, but if you take like the, the opportunities yourself to go on social media and search up like Iowa music festivals or just festivals around the Midwest, you'll be able to, you know, find those opportunities. You just have to like you know, search for it because it's just not going to come to you. Where did you play in Dallas? Isn't it? Didn't you shoot a v- music video there recently? Yes, last year I I had a little like showcasing there, um, along with um, a music video I had to shoot, and it just all kind of lined up. Um, it was amongst like other artists in the Dallas area that are Afro pop, Afro beat because they have a huge African community out there. So that was a great experience as well. And what I'm finding is as I travel more outside of Iowa, I get better reception than I do in, in Iowa, which is, which is always great. Um, it gives me a sense that like, Hey, maybe I need to, you know, venture out and move somewhere else to, you know, further out my brand and myself as a musician. What would you, how do you, would you describe Afro pop and Afro beat compared to just pop music? Like how, what, how would you describe that? If someone's never really heard of that genre, you know, me mm-hmm. personally, I'm more of a, I'm kind of a blues old school funk guy. That's what I do. Um, yes. What so? What is Afro pop? Afro beat. Afro pop. Afro beat is is heavily Africanized. Um, I believe is is they mainly rely on the their own instrumentation. Like they they use their cultural 
instruments. Like I know in pop, it's it's heavy 808s, snares, um, and things like that. But it's it's heavily African themed. Um, if you're familiar with um, Fela Kuti, who started that, you know, originally I think in the 70s and in the 80s, um, and then it rebranded into what it is now today. Like before, it used to be um, P Square, which is a group um, that was big in the early 2000s and they kind of set the the platform for what it is today because now you have davido Wizkid, um rima which is all mainstream like you never i never thought i would hear an afro pop song with selena gomez on on top 40 or um a chris brown song with davido um so that's what i i feel is is that and it's very up tempo a lot of melodies and up tempo when you hear afro pop afro beat it might be slow rhythm, but it's you can't help but sit down. And when it's up tempo, you got to stand up and groove with it. That's great. I know Chris Brown is one of your idols. You've said before. Um, what is yes. it about him or his music that you like so much? Um, I, I know people are you know kind of back and forth with Chris Brown. Um, I understand why because of you know his past tribulation trials and tribulations, and just seeing his growth from when I was a kid because I I grew up on him up until now, and seeing how he's been through so much adversity. Um, and he's able still to remain on top. Um, he, he reminds me a lot of Michael Jackson in terms of his artistry and um, how he performs on stage. Like I went to go see him a couple of years ago, uh, front row in St. Louis. And it was one of those things like I was amazed because his energy never, never stopped. It was it was leveled up throughout the whole performance. And I understand the aspect of, you know, you know, abuse is wrong, which which I agree with. You know, um, you don't hit women or beat women. Um, for me personally, I'm able to separate the artist from you know their personal life. And some people don't get it, but um, in terms of his artistry, he's he's very talented. I have friends of mine that it's like a cult like following. They love that guy. So yeah. I mean, do you yeah. either love him or hate him? I guess there's I know people that just love that guy completely. Yes. And the, the thing is, for the people that do hate and say like, oh, you know, I don't like Chris Brown. I've I've seen those individuals when a song comes on and you can't help but you can't deny talent. There are some artists that I don't prefer to listen to that I wonder, like, how did they get mainstream mainstream? But they're talented and you can't hate on, you know, talented individuals when they're, you know, consistent in their craft. I guess the latest Chris Brown song I liked from probably 10 years ago or five years ago is New Flame. Remember that song? Yes, with Usher. That, that with is Rick Ross. How does yes. he sing them licks? I, I try to add a little flavor to my singing, like add a few of those kind of cool runs in there. I can't do it very uh -huh. well, but I try to slide them in there tastefully, just kind of <laughs> add a little spice to my plan. How does he hit that stuff? I don't know what, what he's saying after that, but he can run up and down them scales like a son mm -hmm. of a gun. Can you do that as well? I, I've, I've tried to do that. It, it's practice because with Chris, like I've tried to do those runs and sometimes I'm there and sometimes I'm, um, I'm not. Um, I, I, it's, I've, I've watched his, um, his engineer explain how he does it. And I'm, I'm mesmerized too. Cause even live performance, it's the same thing, the same runs. I'm like, how does this man do it? Um, but, uh, new flame is one of those timeless songs that, um, you can put on. I was at a wedding a couple weeks ago and that song came on and everybody was, was jamming. That's a, that's a hit. It's just a happy song for some, it's like optimistic, happy song. I just love it for some reason. Um, yes. And then Rick Ross at the end, putting it over is always pretty cool. But what did, what did the yeah. producer say? How did he sing him? Um, 
it, it's it's mainly um like he does take after take after take of certain runs, um of like a certain like four bar or eight bar. And what the what the what this engineer Tzio said is he'll pick the best run out of that eight bar and stick with it. Um, and even sometimes like on YouTube, I'll watch his studio process and it's and it's interesting because all the presets are in there. And it's not even like he he can't sing without you know the auto tune and everything else. But it's very interesting to see like his recording process because it's very quick. Like it's line after line after line. You choose and then you continue. Wow. I'm going to check that out after this. Um, yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, Michael, let's talk about some of your new singles that you that you are up here promoting and getting out. Uh, tell us about that cool video with that. You're driving down the road and there's that girl walking down. Uh, is it Tukas? Yeah. What's it? Tukas 2 or something like that? Um, It's Tokos. Tokos. Uh, good. Yes. Um, Tokos is um, it's a Lingala word from one of my favorite artists that I look to as well. He's a Congolese artist. His name is Fali Pupa. And um, that video came together in in a year's process. I reached out to the girl um, the first time I went out to shoot a video in Texas. And for whatever reasons, it didn't work out. And we just kept in contact. And sometimes when you keep in contact, you feel, oh, you know, they're just saying, oh, well, you know, I'll be at the shoot. And a year later, we kept in contact. And I got down to Texas. And she's like, yeah, I'm ready the day of. Um, just let me know the details. And. The interesting fact of she's um, she's Rwandan and I'm also Rwandan, so we had a cool um, you know vibe and chemistry on set, and it was one of those things where we got on set and even when I was nervous, it just felt like everything kind of clicked. Nothing was forced. Um, it just the chemistry was there. Um, and it's personally one of my favorite videos um, that I've shot, and I think um, given like how I was you know acting on video, I was smiling a lot. It was. I feel like it it um it says it for itself. Who did it for you? It looked professional. Yes, that's uh my videographer Junior Macolo. I've known him when he was when he lived here in Waterloo. Um we've connected on an African level because he's Congolese as well, and we share a bond on music and um he kept joking with me, like, oh maybe I should shoot your videos, and I was like, Yeah, you know, maybe because you know he's up in budget. And I just kind of, you know, just said to myself, you know, I need quality versus quantity. So I took a chance on them and I'm like, man, these videos look so much better than everything else I've been shooting. Not not that my other videographers, you know, did do a great job because they did. But he has a very um, he's very detail oriented and seeing his other work. I'm just like, you know exactly what you're doing. Um, and I think we're going to go for two to three more videos the rest of this month. It's just getting, you know, a budget ready for, for the videos. Did he do touch as well? Um, touch. We haven't shot the video yet. I believe we're going to do touch, um, semi in the new single, um, because all those will be tied into an EP I'm releasing later on this year. So it's mainly releasing the singles, gaining momentum, and then going out to Texas to shoot the videos for those. What is, uh, going to be the name of your EP? My EP is going to be titled King. Um, my name is Michael Mugaba Jenny, and Mugaba Jenny in my culture means um, king. And um, it's not even like to be cocky or anything in that nature. I feel like as we all grow go up, even you included, like we should all think of ourselves in you know high fashions of kings and queens and and move in that nature. Um, and it's mainly about me and my my story. Um, how I got to today and um, just an overall depiction of me. Cause I know I have like 
15 songs that I've released since 2015, but this is a body of work that represents myself. What is your story? Where are you from? I'm from, I was born in Pocatello, Idaho. Moved to Iowa when I was around two, I believe. Been living here ever since. Um, I want to say 2015 was the year I lost my mother to cancer. I was 20 at the time, and I was going through a lot of life changes. I was going through, you know, mental things, trying to deal with, you know, losing my mom and um, still having my father around and my siblings. And it just got to one of those things like, I have a lot to express and I didn't want to, you know, express it in negative ways. So I channeled all of that into energy. Um, I've been doing music, playing violin since elementary through high school. So that helped learning music theory. And through that, I just kind of channeled my emotions into music and that helped a lot. And that got me to today to, you know, continue releasing music still. Very cool, man. Um, what is your like website, Facebook stuff? If people want to reach out to you, uh, learn more about your stuff, download some of your material. Um, if if anybody wants to follow me on at Michael M Jenny, M J E N I, um, that's my my uh, username on all platforms. I'm currently working on a website, um, but that's what you can reach me on Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, TikTok. Um, that's where I'm at. Even YouTube as well. What are you going to use to build your website? Um, I'm going to use, I think it's Wix. I'm going to use Wix to um, create a website and then buy the domain. That way, it's like a direct access to me. So if I have any upcoming music, you can just go to that website and you can see all my info. Because I feel like that will be more beneficial having a personal website um, versus like, you know, giving links to all my stuff. Not that that isn't useful, but I feel like a website would be better. I just did that too. I, but I tried Universe. was really good. You can look at my mm-hmm. website. I just redid all mine. I have all the kind of little jobs I do, all music, all linked to that. So uh, I like that, too. I've been promoting the hell out of a website lately. It seemed like it kind of went away when everyone had Facebook. Now that's starting to fizzle a little bit, and it's kind of you have to have everything linked to a website. Yes, and that I'm figuring that out, out too, as well, because I think the whole thing of, um, like, like, email newslettering is coming back, and I want to incorporate that into um, – my website, because if, if I can add a section like, hey, add your email, you'll be updated for anything that comes from me music-wise, that'd be beneficial because people still check their emails. Even I still use my email to this day. So I'm very excited about building a website. I see you later. I see nobody. You must be lonely. Yeah. I see you later. I see nobody. Nobody else but me that you need. Uh, and if you let 
Bringing home this week's episode of the Minnesota Music Shakedown is another song by one of the featured guests this week, Fathom Lane, with another song called The Lookout. Big thanks to Andrew Crowley from Organica Recording for assisting in post-production. This has been the Minnesota Music Shakedown. If you'd like to toss a buck or two in the podcast tip jar, please go to patreon.com forward slash Mark Music. If you like what I do, check out my website, markstarymusic.com for artist or song submissions. Please email me at markstarymusic at gmail.com or message me on social media. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time.
Come here to play 